part B. We'll go ahead and do the beginning. 25, the second half to 27. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What you say is Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm going to read out of the Amplified. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water of the word, that he might present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such things, that she might be holy and faultless. Glory to God. I'm going to read it out of the King James. Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Praise the Lord that we would be holy and without blemish. He so loved that he desires to present us to himself. That's powerful. He doesn't say that I desire to present this church to anybody else but to himself. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 12, 2. A believer is washed by the word of God as they study it. Not just study it. You know, people could read chapters and chapters of the Bible and never do anything that they read or, or not even remember what they read. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Actually, I'm going to start with two. Don't be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight. He says, um, I appeal to you, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive, this is verse 1, dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service without worship. In the King James, I beseech, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He's saying that, you know, we know that our bodies, our flesh wants to do its own thing. What he is saying here, present your body to God as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service or, or our intelligent service and spiritual worship. 
So if we present our bodies to God, and we say, God, this is yours. I no longer desire to do my thing, but your thing, God. You know, we just learned that a believer is washed by the word of God as they study it. It's time to prepare, church. This is it. I told you that I wasn't planning on teaching today, but at 6 o'clock, I was told I would be, and I fell asleep for a while. I was extremely tired. And about 9 o'clock, I, I woke up, and God gave me this sermon. So let's look at Ephesians 4.23. Jesus is coming soon. And we must be prepared. It's up to us to prepare ourselves. It's up to us to present our, our bodies over as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable worship. Amen. Ephesians 4.23 and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be constantly re renewed. Let's go up a little bit here. I talked a little bit about hardness of heart this morning in early class. And um, let's look at verse... Seventeen. So this I say and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in his presence. Ephesians 4, 17. As you must no longer live as the heathen, the Gentiles do in their perverseness, in their folly, vanity, and emptiness of their souls and the futility of their minds. The moral understand, their moral understanding is darkened, and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, estranged, estranged self-banished from the life of God, with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of their moral nature. In their spiritual apathy, they have become callous and past feeling and reckless and have abandoned themselves a prey to unbridled sensuality, eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity that their depraved desires may suggest and demand. But you did not so learn Christ, assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him, and all truth is in Jesus, embodied and personified in him. Strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and become and becomes corrupt 
through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. Notice this. These desires spring from delusion. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. You know, it's interesting today that phone calls I received, not from you people, but from other people, they are literally deluded in their minds. Their thinking has been corrupted by the enemy. You know, it's really sad to say that we have a person that they say is a hero that has desired to become a transgender. And that he was called a hero by our president. No, a hero is somebody that's gone to the, in the service and served their country for us and suffered for us. That's a hero. We have a complete, we are living in a world where everything is turned around. The enemy has turned everything around and the eyes of people's eyes are darkened and they are, and they are being driven by delusions. People are delusional. And we, as a body of Christ, as Christians, we need to recognize these things and begin to speak forth and guard and protect those that are around us that we love. You know, if you're a parent, it is your job to protect and guard your children with prayer and discipline and love. Okay, people, well, are you talking about this in church? Yes, I need to talk about this in church. If you think people aren't hearing this out, out in the world, they are. That is not a hero. That's a hero in the enemy's eyes because he was able to snatch someone and completely destroy their lives. You say, are you going to talk about this? If I have to talk about this, I will talk about this. Because people, we need to have our eyes open to what's going on around us and have an understanding of what's right and what's wrong. So let's move on. That certainly is not in my notes, but we'll just move on. Let's look at this. We need to be... We need to strip ourselves of our former nature, put off and discard our old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusions. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. And put on the new nature, the regenerated self, Regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done with it, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one body and members of one another. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your ex exasperation, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Give no opportunity to the devil. He will take every opportunity 
that he can. Every opportunity. You might just be um, doing something, just your mind's on work or whatever, and somebody comes up and just throws you off, or you might be just driving in your car and all of a sudden a thought hits you. Don't retain that thought. Cast it down, amen? Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. No opportunity. Say that with me. No opportunity. Proverbs 16, 6. Oh, wow. This is a good one. In five, everyone proud and arrogant and hard is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. Well, that's heavy. <laughs> Be assured, I pledge it, they will not go unpunished. Romans 12. We did that one. Proverbs 16, 6. We did that one. <laughs> Romans 12, 2. Let's do it again. See, I really like this sermon. Y'all need to get thrilled. Pastor's teaching on sanctification and why? Why is God having ministers? I'm friends of mine that I look up on Facebook, they're preaching the same thing. If, if people are preaching the same thing, then you know that God is trying to get a message across to his children. Why? Because he loves us. He wants us to be ready and prepared. There's nothing more exciting to me than to know that we are walking in the gospel, being obedient to his word, and we're ready for, for the trumpet. When that trumpet sounds, my desire is that each one of us and our families will be with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Romans 12, 2 again. Do not be conformed to this world, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and new attitude, that you may prove that you're proof to that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, we need to prove to ourselves. We need to prove for ourselves what is good, perfect, and acceptable to God. Because once we know in ourselves that everything is okay, then we don't get messed up with the harassment that's around us. Amen? It says in the King James, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hosea 10, 12. Sow for yourselves according to righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God. Reap according to the mercy and loving kindness. 
break up your uncultivated ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, to inquire for of him, to require his favor, till he comes and teaches you righteousness and rains his righteous gift of salvation upon you. Hallelujah, that has happened to us, but we need to continue. When you see that there is ground that is hard ground, that when the Lord tells you something, it's hard. You're just like, I don't know if I want to do that. You need to break that up. You need to go after it. Sow for yourselves according to righteousness. Reap according to mercy. Break up your uncultivated ground, for it's time to seek the Lord. Ecclesiastic 9.12 This is not a book that I normally read. How many of you read a lot of in Ecclesiastics? Here we go. Live joyfully with the wife from, from whom thou lovest all the days of your life of thy vanity, which he hath given thee under the sun all the days. I don't know if this is the one I want. No, 12. Come on down. For man also knoweth not his time, and the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare... So are the sons of men snared in an evil time when it falleth suddenly upon them. How many of us know that we're living in an evil time? <clears throat> and it's going to get worse. If you think it's going to get better, it's not. It's going to get better for us if we stay in the word and, and serve God with everything that we have. It says, live, um, go back down here, I don't know why it's living joyfully with your wife. Um, For man also knows not his time of death, as the fishes are taken in an evil net, and as the birds are caught in the snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when calamity falls suddenly upon them. I have never heard of such a time when people are dying off, people that you, I mean, one day they're living in, the next day you hear they're dead. Well, we need to live as Jesus is coming at any moment. At any moment. Because there's nothing that's left to hold him back. Okay? Matthew 5, 24. When people tell me it's so hard to live for Jesus, I just, I look at them like, are you kidding me? It's harder not to. 
if a person is truly saved, it's a lot harder to, to live in sin or, or not live for Jesus than it is to live for Jesus. 38, 39, then we're going to go to 48 through 51, Matthew 24. Verse 38, for just in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, men marrying and women being given in marriage until the very day when Noah went into the ark. And they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man. Um, verse 48 through 51, but... If that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is delayed and is going to be gone a long time and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunken, the master of that servant will come on that day when he does not expect him and in an hour of which he is not aware and will punish him, cut him off by scourging and put him with the pretenders, hypocrites. They will, there will be weeping and grinding of teeth. That's heavy. Okay, let's look at um, Matthew 25, 6 through 10. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened or troubled. He says, see that you are not frightened or troubled. That's why God said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He said, my peace I live with you, not that that the world gives, but my peace I leave with you. Amen. Um, See that you not be frightened or troubled, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in places after place. All this is but the beginning the early pains and the birth pangs of the intolerable anguish, then they will hand you over to suffer affliction and tribulation and put, put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and rebelled and will begin to distrust and desert him who they ought to trust and obey and will stumble and fall away and betray one another and pursue one another with hatred. Well, that's pretty heavy. We see these things happening in other countries right now. But they're moving into this country. We need to keep ourselves right with God at all time, church. We need each other. We need to come together in fellowship. We need each other. We must... Stay ready. In Luke 21, 34. <clears throat> there is nothing worth doing. There is nothing worth having that will keep me from spending eternity with Jesus. Nothing. I cannot think of anything, any person, place, or thing that is worth more to me than Jesus. Twenty-one, thirty-four, and 
but take heed of yourselves and be on guard lest your hearts be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with the giddiness and headache and nausea and self-indulgent drunkenness and worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. Unless that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose, for it will come upon all who live upon the earth, upon the face of the entire earth. Keep awake then and watch at all times. Be discreet, attentive, and ready, praying that you may have the full strength and ability to be accounted worthy to escape all these taken together that will take place to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Glory to God. Jesus is teaching this. Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine, and then we're going to move on to something else. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you built the tombs of the prophets and garnished the sepulchres of righteousness. We must stay ready. Did I just do 23? I am sorry. My, this didn't make any sense. 22, 29. <clears throat> but Jesus replied to them, You are wrong because you know neither the scriptures nor God's power. You know not the scriptures or God's power. There's two things we need to know, the scriptures and God's power. Thank God that was given to us. It's ours. It's ours for the asking. Okay. Let me get to my John 1.1. 1, 1. And be, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's move on. Let me get there. And see how far God wants me to go in this. beginning before all time was the word amplified Christ the word was with God and the word was God himself he was pre he was present originally God all things were made and came into existence through him and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being and in him was life and the life was light of men verse 5 and the light shines on in the darkness for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out, or absorbed it, or appropriated it, and is unreceptive to it. Then came a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came to witness that he might testify of the light, that all men might believe in it, adhere to, trust, and rely on it through him. He was not the light himself, but he came that he might bear witness regarding the light. Praise you. And of course, we know that Jesus, it says in verse 14, And the word Christ became flesh, human, incarnate, 
and tabernacled, fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us, and we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as the only begotten Son receives from his Father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. And then in verse 16, For out of his fullness, abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied with one grace after another, and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, and even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. Hallelujah. That's our Jesus. Amen. In Psalms 119, God's Word. Some, I'm going to be teaching on God's Word right now, how powerful it is and what it, what, it, what it is to us. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Psalms 119.89. Keep your hand in 119 because we're going to be going there quite a bit. Forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven stands firm as the heavens. You're forever his word is settled. His word is a settled fact. It will, it will be forever. Nothing can change his word. You might try to talk God into something or allowing you to do something or whatever, but it, you can't because his word is truth. That is the one thing about God. He is truth. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Thank God we serve a God that never lies. Thank you, Jesus. The grass wither, the flowers fades, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord God will stand forever. How important is the word? We're going to find out today that his word is A number one and it stands forever. So the more word we know, the more word we act upon, the more word that we yield ourselves to and, and hear and become doers of, the more we get to know God Almighty. Thank God. In Matthew twenty four thirty four. Be fast. If you got to go to the front of your Bible and, and uh, find out where everything is, just go there. It doesn't matter. I already went there once. Ecclesiastics is not somewhere where I park myself in <laughs> and stay in. Matthew 24, 34. Most ministers have little papers in their books, and number one, number two, but... You know, I never know where the Lord's going to lead me, so number one and number two wouldn't help me much. Three and four. Matthew 24, 34. I get pretty mis mixed up if I try that one. <clears throat> Truly, I tell you, this generation, the whole multitude of people living at the same time in a definite given place will not pass away till all these things taken together take place so God's saying I am in 24 right 2434 did I get it 
So what he's saying, sky and earth will pass away in verse 35, but my words will not pass away. Everything else is going to pass away, but his words won't. That is the one thing that is not going to change. My word will not pass away. In 1 Peter 1.25, the minute we die or the minute we raptured, we'll be standing right in the face of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, the word. And what do you think he's going to speak to us? The word. People that have gone on before us, some of them that just got born again or didn't really spend a lot of time in the Word, they, I really believe they're, they're right now in school learning because His Word will be forever. So if you don't like the Word now, <laughs> you got a problem because that's what you're going to hear all your life. Amen? When you think about that, I'm too busy. Well, you need to get get unbusy right now. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. The word of the Lord will endure forever. But the word of the Lord, divine instructions, the gospel endures forever. And this word is the good news which was preached to you. You know, the word, even when it's instruction, even when it's discipline, is good news. It's good news because it's going to tell you how to change things and become perfected in that that he's called you to do. Hallelujah. I sang too loud. I decided to become a soprano today and go back to my soprano roots. Okay, praise the Lord. Um, the word is food for us, Deuteronomy 8, 3. It's your food. You should desire the word more than you desire to eat. You know how you get hungry? I'm so hungry, I just need to eat. Last night, I was so busy yesterday that last night, I think it was quarter to nine or some, I, I don't know, it was after eight when we finally ate. I don't like eating that late, I'm going to be honest with you, but sometimes that's the way it goes. Deuteronomy 8, 3. And he humbled you and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. By every, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord do we live. Glory to God. Listen to this. This is wild. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. And he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, didn't, nor did your fathers know, 
that he might make you recognize and personally know that man does not live by bread only, but by man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not become old upon you, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. If you have problems with swelling, stand on this scripture. Hallelujah. And the next verse, know also in your minds and hearts that as a man disciplines and instructs his son, so the Lord your God discipline and instructs you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and reverently fear him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Hallelujah. He's bringing us into a good land. Every day, God's word says he desires to load you down daily with benefits. When I think about being loaded down, I feel, I think about you can hardly carry it. There's so much of it that you can, that's, that goes along Malachi. Pour out a blessing that there's not enough room to contain it. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, this is exciting. Job 23, 12. I don't know. Reuben and I will have a party. <laughs> you and I just have a party. <laughs> you start talking about Jesus, the Word, and you get excited. At least I do. I can't live without the Word. I'd rather go without food than the Word. Job 23, 12. I better feel that way. Oh, no. 12. I have not gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed and treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. For, but he is unchangeable. And who can turn him and what he wants to do, that he does. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. My foot, 11, has held fast to his steps. His ways have I kept and not turned aside. His ways have I kept. We need to find out what God's ways are, not our ways, his ways. Psalms 119.103. Thank God for the word. What would we, where would we be without it? Could you imagine living in a country where you only got one page and that's all you ever got? How precious that would be? You would be able to speak that out and then they, then they, they that's, it's so precious to them, then they trade pages. We have no idea sometimes how blessed we are in this country. We take it for granted. When it's taken away from, from, from people, then they understand what they had. You know, I have friends that have lost their mates and they've said, I didn't really understand what I had until I lost it. 119.103 How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 106, I have sworn an oath and have confirmed it that I will keep your righteous ordinances, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying them. Doesn't that sound like something Paul said? Thank you, Jesus. You know, I love to just read Psalms 119. Jeremiah 15, 16. Just sit on your watch. Right now. If you're thinking about lunch, quit. Your words were found and I ate them and your words were my, your words were to me a joy and the rejoicing of my heart for I am called by your name O God of hosts Your words were found and I ate them In other words they became a part of me 1 Peter 2:2 2, 2. As, new, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. It says, um, I like this, verse 1, Be done with every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, and all deceit and insincerity, pretense, hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealousy, and slander, and evil speaking of every kind. Like newborn babes, you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, and by it you may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation. So he's saying, what I see he's saying here, if you go up to verse um, 23 of chapter 1, you have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin, seed, sperm, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God. For all flesh mankind is like grass and all its glory, honor, like the flower of, of grass. The grass withers and the flowers drop off. But the word of the Lord, the divine instructions of the gospel endures forever. And this word is the good news which we preach to you. So be done away with every trace of wickedness, depravity, malignity, and deceit, and insincerity, pretense, hypocrisy, and grudges, envy, jealous, and slander, and evil speaking of every kind. Like newborn babies, you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated, spiritual milk that by it you may be nurtured and grow into complete salvation. It says... Since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord, come to him then, to that living stone, which men 
tried to throw away, but which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Come and like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. For it's, for thus it stands in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chosen, honored, precious, cheap cornerstone, and he who believes in him, who adheres to, trusts in, and relies on him, shall never be disappointed or put to shame. Hallelujah. Shall never be disappointed or put to shame. That was verse um, 6. Verse 7. To you then who believe, who adhere to, trust in, and rely on him is the preciousness, but to those who disbelieve, it is true. The very stone which the builders rejected has become the main cornerstone. And a stone that will cause stumbling and a rock that will give men offense, they stumble because they disobey and disbelieve God's word as those who reject him were disdained, appointed to. But you, talking to us, are a chosen race. He says a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Once you were not people at all, but now you are God's people. Once you were unpitied, but now you are pitied and have received mercy. Beloved, I implore, I implore you as aliens and strangers and exiles in this world to abstain from the sensual urges, the evil desires, the passions of the flesh, your lower nature that war against the soul. Conduct yourself properly, honorly, righteously among the Gentiles so that although they may slander you as evildoers, yet they may, be wit they may by witnessing your good deeds come to glorify God in the day of inspection when God shall look upon you wanderers as, as a pastor or shepherd looks over his flock. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It says in verse 21... For even to this were you called, it is inseparable from your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving his purses, you his personal example, that you should follow in his footsteps. He was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit, guile ever found in his lips. Glory to God. When he was Revive, reviled and insulted, he did not revile or in, offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance. What, but he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. Hallelujah. He's already paved the way for us. He asks very little of us, really. Very little does God Almighty ask of us. We stay alive spiritually by the word, Acts 1, 16. If you need to go home, go ahead and go home, and God bless you.
No, I love you, but I'm not quitting until God says stop. Acts 1, 16. It won't offend me. Acts 1, 16. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas was guide to them that took Jesus. Hang on. Okay. I think I hit the wrong one on that. Deuteronomy 6, 6. We're going on through the Bible. I hope you know your Bible. If you have to go to the front, go to it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We all shocked that week when I had you um, tell me who the disciples were. <laughs> Be interesting if we got them and well, now who who were you? <laughs> Which ones were you? Now you know. These are the words which I commanded you this day that shall be first in your own minds and hearts. Then, um, I'm going to read it out of the King James. And these words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thy heart. The words are in our heart. Thank God. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Don't get too concerned. I'm almost done. Therefore, you shall lay up these these my words in your minds and hearts, and in your entire being, and bind them for a sign upon your hands and as, and as forehead bands between your eyes. And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house. When you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall write them upon the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens above are on earth. For if you diligently keep all his commandment, which I commanded you to do, to love him, your God, and walk in his ways and cleave to him, what are they trying to take out of our country? The Ten Commandments. They got prayer out of school. Why? We just see how important this is to God. Amen? We need to fight to keep things in our country. Just don't be wimps and sit down and do nothing. Amen? Oh, we're supposed to be meek. Not when it comes to the word. Teach them to your children. I mean, they wrote them all over. They wrote the word all over. We should be writing the word all over. Here, here's the word on your forehead so everybody can read it. Can you imagine? They had those little phylacteries. Is that what it's called? That they had, they wore. I mean, they had the word in front of them all the time. Psalms 119, 11. Thank you, Jesus. 
Your words have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do you keep from sinning against God? You lay up the word in your heart. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips have I declared and recounted all the ordinances of your youth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and have respect to your ways, the path of life marked out by your law. I will delight, verse 16, myself in your statutes, and I will not forget your word. I will not forget your word. Listen what he says in verse 19. I am a stranger and a temporary residence on the earth. That's the truth. I am a stranger. I, this, this whole earth, this world right now is really strange to me. If it's not strange to you, then there's something wrong. Okay? We're a sojourner here. We're a stranger and a temporary resident. Hide not your commandments from me. My heart is breaking with the longing that it has for your ordinances and judgments at all times. Wow. This is one hungry person. Amen. Colossians 3.16. How hungry are we? I ask. Ask yourself that question this week. How hungry am I? Remember the pie and the eight cuts out of the pie? My husband likes to have like a pie that has four cuts out of it. <laughs> Actually, if he gets a pie, he eats the whole thing, so. <laughs> Be my guest, whatever he's like. <laughs> and he can do it. He can go through a bag of donut holes probably an hour. Not even that. Never gains pound. I look at him. I could say, you, that is disgusting. But, you know, he enjoys it. From the time of Napomo, I'll stop and get coffee in Napomo. He'll run over and then get, this will crack you up. I'm going to tell on him since he's not. He gets a dozen donut holes and he likes custard. So he gets two of those things with custard in them. The donut holes are for now. The custard things are for later. Colossians 3.16. I'll bet you I bought him two bear claws yesterday, and I'll bet they were gone. I should have gone in and looked. I bet they were gone last night. Colossians 3.16. Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds. Hearts and minds, hearts and minds, hearts and minds. That goes along with 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations and reasonings in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where does he do that? In your mind? Take every thought captive. So in your hearts and your mind. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. 
and dwell in you all its richness as you teach and admonish and train one another in all insight and intelligence and wisdom in spiritual things as, a, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to God with his grace in your hearts. And whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus in independence upon his person, giving praise to God the Father through him. Hallelujah. I'll tell you something. If I was a single person and I was wanting to get married, personally, the only thing I'd want to talk about with the person I was thinking of marrying would be the word. That would take up I'm thinking of the pie. There'd be two slices for something else. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. I don't have that much, but I'm going to close. There is so much. I can't guarantee you I'm going to close after this scripture, but I'm going to close. <laughs> Your words were found, and I ate them. And your words were to me a joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Hallelujah. Your words were found and I ate them. And your words were to me a joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name. I'm called by your name. Your name is Christian. Glory to God. We are a light in a very, very, very dark world. Psalms 19, 8 and 9. I don't know why I was going to stop. The Lord said, go on. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright, enlightening the eyes. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether, more to be desired than they are gold. Even than much fine gold, they are sweeter also than honey in the drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them, is your servant warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed. By the word of God, we are warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed. And in keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his lapses and errors? 
clear me and from hidden and unconscious faults. It should be a prayer every day. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and redeemer. And I'm going to teach a little bit here. I want us to look at this. The word. What's the word do us to do for us? In verse 11, we're warned, reminded, illuminated by his word and instructed. And in keeping his word, there is great reward. Who can discern his lapses and errors? Clear me from, uh, from hidden and unconscious faults. This should be our prayer and our desire. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless and I shall be innocent and clear of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my firm, impenetrable rock and redeemer. Chapter 20, verse 1. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. There are some of you that are seeking direction. May the Lord, and we are in the day of trouble. How many know that? May the name of the Lord God of Jacob set you up on high and defend you. You don't have to defend yourself. God will defend you. Some of you now understand why God told me to go on. Remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. Verse 4, may he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May he grant you according to your heart's desires and fulfill all your plans. These are not in my notes. We will shout in triumph at your salvation and victory. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. I am speaking this over you right now. I will go over it again. This is what I'm speaking over you for this week. Okay? May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob set you up on high and defend you. Send you help from the sanctuary and support refresh and strengthen you from Zion. May the Lord remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifices. 
May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. What are your plans? Have you written down things that you're believing for? Do you have plans? We will shout and triumph at your salvation and victory. And in the name of our Lord, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Every time you take the word of God before the Lord, my prayer for you is that he fulfill all your petitions. His prayer for you is that. Now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in and boast of chariots and some of horses. Well, some boast in their cars and some of their boats and whatever. But we will trust and boast of the name of the Lord our God. They are bound down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. You are risen and you stand upright in the name of Jesus. In chapter 21, verse 2, you have given them their heart's desire and, not, and then have not withheld the request of their lips. For you send blessings, God, of good things. You shall set a crown of pure gold on his head. He has asked life of you, and you gave to him long life forever and evermore. Glory to God. We give you praise, God. Verse 13, be exalted, Lord, in your strength we will sing and praise your power. Be exalted, O Lord, in your strength we will sing and praise your power. Hallelujah. Study that this week, church. I proclaim that over each person in this room. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're expecting, Pastor and I are expecting, suddenlies, blessings to come as each person seeks, <coughs> searches you out, meditates and hears your word. My prayer is, God, that you bless them super abundantly above all that they can dare even ask or think. Father, your word says that, beloved, you wish above all things that they would prosper and be in health as their soul prospers. And greater are you, Lord, that's in them than he that's in the world. 
And I thank you, Jesus, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. We're more than a conqueror. The greater one indwells us. We're the head and not the tail. We're blessed coming in and we're blessed going out. Your blessings have overtaken us, Lord. And we are grateful for you. We're grateful to you. We magnify and we worship you this morning. You've set our feet on solid ground. The zeal of God has consumed us. The zeal of God has consumed every person in this congregation. That is my prayer, Lord. Minister, bless, move mightily in their lives this week. And we as Paul refuse to look back, but we press on to the mark of high calling. And we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Go with God and be blessed.